Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Best Marvel Comics Podcast, Episode 6, where I'm going to be going through an issue from 1983, The Thing Number 2, by John Byrne. But before we go into that, let me remind you to go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. You follow us. We will follow you back. That's a promise. And then go over to our Patreon account, patreon.com slash weird science to help us out for all the things that we do on this feed but get plenty of podcasts in return plenty of marvel podcasts in return one of the things that i'll point out is this past week we ended up doing on our marvel comics patreon spotlight show the new thing book the thing number one kind of the reason why i wanted to talk about this book i even said to jason when we were talking about that there were a couple things that did remind me in that issue of this issue that we're going to be talking about, but also this old series from 83. So I thought that that was a pretty good segue into doing this for the best Marvel comics podcast. Now, if you are listening to this as it comes out, this is kind of replacing the star Wars podcast because there were no star Wars books. I just wanted to put that out there just so you know why there wasn't a star Wars comics podcast this week, but With all that said and done, let's jump into this issue. The Thing number 2 has a cover date of August 1983. The actual release date was April 5th, 1983. It was written by John Byrne, pencils by Ron Wilson, inks by John Byrne, colors by Bob Sharon, letters by Rick Parker. Ron Wilson also does the cover, which has a bit of Thing thinking time. As you see an outline of the thing's head and inside the mind movies of Ben Grimm. And it, you can tell right away that it is a flashback type deal with him thinking back on things. And you get the idea this is his college days because he has the B for Ben sweater that we all know and love. Later on, we'll actually have another character that has their own sweater with their name and initial on it. It's pretty fun. But before we get into the issue itself, I want to just explain where this takes place. This actually takes place after the events of Fantastic Four, number 251 to 257, and the Avengers, number 233, where the Fantastic Four traveled into the negative zone, accidentally released Annihilus on Earth, and during his time on Earth, he ended up torturing both Alicia and Franklin, Franklin, who is not powered up at this point. So both Franklin and Alicia are in the hospital as we end up starting this and with Reed and Sue over at the hospital, hanging out with Franklin and Alicia and trying to figure out if they're going to be okay. Ben is on cleanup duty in the Baxter building. He's not so happy about this, but what he does is basically pick up all of the metal garbage, all of the destruction that Annihilus has caused. And kind of get it into a big giant ball and, and, you know, crush it up and dispose of it. But while he's doing that, he actually does find Annihilus's mask and he picks it up and looks at it. He even says, I'm not going to do the old alas, poor Yurik number. I have things to do. I got to go check on Alicia and Franklin. So I'm just going to get all of this metal, including the mask, and crush it all up into an easy ball that I will then go and put into the Baxter Building Waste Disposal. He makes a joke that maybe I will just put it on the street for the garbage men to come, but they won't be able to pick it up, and it'll be a good prank. He's going to mind-freak them, right, probably watching and giggling, but instead 
He throws it in the waste disposal, and it is a recycling-type deal where he even explains, okay, well, Reed set this up where all of this garbage and all the stuff and the destruction, you just throw it in here and he'll repurpose it later into something else. That's the best thing ever because we don't have to pay for all the destruction anymore. We used to have real big bills trying to replace equipment, but now we do this. The only bills we have now are medical bills because everybody keeps getting hurt as he goes and leaves to go visit Alicia and Franklin in the hospital. And he gets on classic trench coat hat. And he walks out, and as he's leaving the building, old mailman Willie Lumpkin comes in complaining about being a mailman. You know, woe is me, Willie, here. Ben doesn't want any parts of this, and Ben is real miserable here. It's it's classic Ben. But he wants no parts or any time with Willie, you know, complaining about delivering all the fan mail, complaining that his wife used to say this, that, and the other thing, but... This is a little bit of a different piece of mail. He ends up saying, this doesn't feel like the regular fan mail here. And Ben gets it. It's a priority mail from California, which he thinks is odd. But he goes out, he gets a cab, and wants to go off to the hospital. He tells the cabbie, hey, take me to the hospital. The cabbie actually starts to talk to him. goes, oh, my God, you're the thing. And then again, Ben's like, yeah, yeah, I don't want to talk. I'm busy. Get me to Mercy General uh, Stat. And the guy's like, okay. And in the narration, it's like, oh, the cabbie laps in the silence. Yeah, because Ben told him to shut up. Well, he opens the letter. I actually like seeing Ben with his rock fingers opening up the letter. Pretty fun. He ends up starting to read, and he's like, oh, my God, what is this? And he says at the one point, I haven't talked to anybody or dealt with anybody from California since the Fantastic Four went from Central City to New York. I wonder what this is all about. And when he reads it, we don't find out right away. He goes, oh, no, and then ends up just staring with those blue eyes right at us. And it says, it is as if an icy hand has reached out from a long, closed grave to touch every fiber of his being. So that really sets it up. Oh, my God, what can this be? What is this whole deal? Well, he doesn't have to worry about it right now because they get to Mercy generally pays the cabbie and gets out to go and check and see if Franklin and Alicia are okay. He goes in and he runs into Reed right away. Reed is outside of Franklin's door while you end up finding that Ben's uncle, Uncle Jake, is doing, you know, the doctoring, is trying to see if both Alicia and Franklin are okay if you don't realize that that is the husband of aunt petunia so a pretty cool deal here ben goes reed is a wreck i mean reed has not shaved this is probably the worst i've ever seen reed he looks horrible ben tells him he's like oh my god look at you you look a wreck what's going on what's the word and reed says well sue's in there right now talking to your uncle but nothing's really changing It's kind of the same. And Ben tries to pick up his spirits. And that's what I like. Up until this point, Ben has been real miserable. And he just got this letter that, oh, my God, it's like an icy hand from a grave. But he does say, you know, take what you can, pal. If they say he's not any worse, you know, better, whatnot, go with the, you know, he's not worse. And he's doing okay. And let's see what happens. And as they have that go on, you end up having Sue and Uncle Jake, Dr. Uncle Jake, come out and talk and say pretty much, you know, they're stable. Franklin's stable. 
there's some signs it's going to take a while to recover, but hopefully the worst is over. Let's just all relax a little. I hope that we can get some better news coming up and Raid says, thanks, Doc. I mean, thank you, Dr. Grimm, that, that at least that's something. Well, then you end up having things say, I got to go check on Alicia. Pretty much like enough of this Franklin nonsense. I'm going to go check on Alicia. And you end up having Reed like, oh, oh well, aren't you going to drop in and see Franklin anytime? He's like, oh, yeah, you couldn't keep me from him, Stretch. You know, that's my only nephew. That's the only one I got. But he does go in to see Alicia, and she is bandaged up. She has her whole face bandaged up. She ends up having a cast on her arm that's up in traction, that sort of thing. So he can't really tell if she's awake or asleep. And he kind of tiptoes in and thinks to himself, well, they probably have her real doped up. You know, they probably have her on everything from Sunday here. She's probably just sleeping. I might as well just turn around and go. She hears him. She's not sleeping. She says, Ben, is that you? And he says, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to wake you. She says, no, no. I, I was just sitting here thinking. Uh, about what happened and things and about Franklin is he okay and you end up having the thing say yeah he's gonna be okay we think the doc is checking him out how are you and she says you know I'm okay uh and and Ben says yeah but after what Annihilus did and I I didn't stop him all these things and she says please I don't want to talk about that and then she says to him and this is the best thing about Alicia and Alicia and Ben she realizes that he does he's miserable something's wrong she knows it right away reed his best friend didn't but reed's also got some things on his mind with franklin but it's alicia who recognizes and says what's wrong something's bothering you don't tell me that it's not you know i can tell you're troubled deeply and he says nothing can be hidden from you uh and even says at one point i know you're blind but you can see right through me and he says there is something bothering me I just got this letter and he ends up taking out the letter and he ends up saying that there's this thing that he never told her about. And you jump right into the flashback. We see this flashback to kind of lead into what this letter will be about. And it is back in the college days. Ben has the B for Ben sweater, as I said, which I do love at Empire U. Reed is there with him, and he's in the lab. He's checking out some test tubes. He ends up saying, oh, my God, I'm going to do this Michelson's postulate on the reorganization of inanimate molecules, doing all that sort of Reed stuff where Ben doesn't want to hear it. He came here to say, come on, Reed, we're going out. It's Saturday night. Let's go out and have some fun. Can't be stuck in a lab all the time there, chum. And so he picks him up. And he carries him out. What I do like is this description of Reed, though, because he's there at Empire U, right? And it says he is Reed Richards, not yet the world-renowned scientist adventurer known as Mr. Fantastic. A score of degrees already to his name. He was at that point but a humble student at Empire U. I don't know that a lot of people at Empire U have scores of degrees. He may be humble, but I'm telling you, he is already a little bit above the average, you know, Joe there, but Ben's there and Ben does this. He wants Reed to just relax a little. Let's have some fun. So he picks him up and carries him out into the hall where they go to an Aileen Chambers. And that's where you find out this is Ben's girlfriend. Now, you could tell right away because this is the girl then who has the A for Aileen 
and a sweater on. They got the matching sweaters. And it looks like this is kind of a blind date set up for Reed. You end up having Aelin and Ben going and saying, hey, I want to introduce you to Nan Freeman here, this other girl. And Reed's, what's going on? What are we doing here? Oh, you know, we're just going to go out and have fun. And then Ben has to say, oh, by the way, old Reed here, he already has his eyes. He's the worst wingman ever. Hey, Nan, by the way, Reed's already in love with this girl, Sue Storm. So you got that, right? I'm thinking Nan wants to get out. Nan is, if they had cell phones back then, oh, my God, I have a call. Oh, what's that? Oh, no, my my house is on fire and runs off. But they end up going out. They they seem to, you know, go out and have a little bit of fun and whatnot. It's nice to see Ben getting Reed to, you know, relax a little, even though it's got to be uncomfortable. There's got to be there's a lot of things in this issue that make me giggle. But the idea that, hey, Nan, you, you like this Reed here? Yeah, he's already in love with Sue Storm. So they go out and have their time. Well, then we go two weeks later where the big game's coming up. Ben is the star football player. It's funny. It drives me nuts. And sometimes in comics, you end up having sports and you don't, not many people nitpick as much or get hung up on things. It bothers me that Ben is number 77 because when I first saw it, that if you're familiar with the numbering, and they have changed the numbering a bit in at least the NFL, but college, whatnot. But 77, pure out offensive lineman, defensive line. it's a lineman, which makes sense for Big Ben Grimm. But in this, he's a receiver. That doesn't make any sense. But still, what also doesn't make sense is this is the big game. You end up, they don't quite say it's the championship game, but it might as well be because you end up having the two best teams in college football playing, you know, whoever you have Empire U playing. They're either the first or second seed. You end up having this huge game. This is the big game of the year. Everything hinges on this game. And right before the game, you have Aylin show up and say, oh, by the way, Ben, I love you, but uh, I- I'm leaving. I-, I don't want you to ever see me again. Uh, sayonara, sucker. I'm out of here. Have a nice life. And Ben, at first, would you find somebody else? You couldn't have found somebody else. I mean, we're in love, right? They even kiss. And she's like, no, you know, don't say anything else, Ben. Don't ask anything. Pretend I wasn't even here. Pretend I was never, ever even in your life. And then runs off crying right before the game. The game's about to start. I mean, they're probably announcing the, the team right now. And she couldn't wait three hours. Really? Hey, Lynn should have went. That, that's why I, by the end, I want Ben to ask her, why would you do this before the championship? But he goes out and she, she runs off. She's crying. She runs into Reed. Reed was looking for her. Hey, what are you doing? Leaving. We're going to go sit in our seats. And it seems like that's the normal thing. When you end up having the game, you have A. Lynn and Reed sit in the stands together so they can cheer on Ben. And it, well, what's wrong? Why are you crying? Is something wrong with Ben? No, no, nothing's wrong. Well, why are you crying? I can't tell you. I got to go. I got to run out of here. And she runs out. So Reed's like, huh, that, that's, that's odd. But I'm going to go sit in my seat. And he's cheering on. I mean, it says that even people, and it's kind of like a wink-wink, where you wouldn't think that Reed would be involved in something like this. But it says, 
even people who don't even know anything about football get all charged up for this sort of thing. It's Saturday afternoon football at the colleges. And so he's cheering, but he keeps looking over at the the empty seat where A-Lim would have been. And it says that Reed kind of realizes he keeps, oh, yeah, yeah, A-Lim's not here. But somebody else realizes that as well. And it's Ben. Ben keeps looking up, and they go into the halftime. They go into the locker room. He looks up. I mean, seriously, he must have the best eyesight ever because he's all he's on the other side of the field looking up into the stands there and just seems to see that empty seat. But they go into the locker room. We don't know what the score is. We don't have to deal with anything like that. But what we'll deal with is that once Ben realizes that Aileen has gone, she's not there in the seat. When he comes out from the halftime, he's terrible. He misses a couple passes. One, it looks like he's going right. The ball's going left. I mean, this is like he's an All-American times 80 is the way they're explaining this. And he can't even go the right way for the football. I still don't know why he's number 77. But, yeah, he misses a couple things. And they lose the game. They actually lose the game. And as, as would happen to the best player on the team, everybody blames him. Like, where were the other guys? There's other guys on the team, but oh, Ben, he dropped those passes. The coach comes in yelling at him. What are you doing out there, dummy? You're the best player. You're the best player in all the college. You couldn't even catch a ball. He's like, leave me alone, coach. And coach goes off and Ben is pissed. Now he's worried. Again, I don't know how they play things at Empire U, but he actually says that he'll probably lose his scholarship for that one bad game. And then you end up reads like, well, why don't you tell the coach what happened? He'll understand. And I could just imagine we're taking your scholarship away. Oh, no, no. Wait, let me explain myself. Uh, my girlfriend broke up with me right before the game and I was sad. All right. That, that's, you know, sad state. Get out of here. Your scholarship is gone. He ends up smashing his helmet against the locker. And then all of a sudden the coach, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Those helmets cost money here, buddy. But you end up having Reed in the locker room. And this makes, there's a lot of things that make me giggle in this. Reed goes, hey, coach, you got to leave him alone. Oh, oh, you're here, Reed. There's Mr. Science Guy Reed in the locker room where the coach goes, well, you do know Ben a lot better than us. Why don't you go find out what happened? And Ben does end up telling him what happened. He says, she broke up with me. She left. I, I don't know where she is. She just left. And you have Reed basically say, listen, you, you go find her. Go and see what's going on. Maybe there's a way to get her back. Maybe And Ben kind of pulls it together and thinks, well, maybe I need to do more than just talk to her. And he does go and find her. She has quit school. She's gone. He is a detective. He has searched her down. This gets on the verge of maybe... You know, a little creepy. She said, leave me alone and disappears, but he found her. But she seems happy, but she explains herself because she never really did. She just said, let me be. I'm going to go off. Please, you know, forget I exist. What happens is she wants to become a Hollywood movie star and she's afraid. And it would be kind of a different twist if she said, well, you know, you're going to keep me down, you know, but she says. I was afraid that if I go and seek my dreams, I'm going to have to leave you behind. But also, even if you tried to come with me or whatever, you would be neglected. I have to center on 
my dreams and my hopes and all that stuff. And then Ben's like, but but you're my dream. You stolen my dreams. She, she did. That's all Ben wanted to do. Well, Ben has a little thing here. He's trying to woo her back. He's trying to convince her, hey, why don't we stick together? So they go into the park and they go to this tree where they had carved their initials in. Ben G loves a Lynn. You know, he's like, when we did this, I'd like this too. He's like, remember when we carved this in? Yeah, it didn't really mean nothing. You're we just goofing around, right? But then I fell in love with you, and I think I wanted to come back here you know, on our 50th year anniversary of our graduating college. And we'd come back and laugh at this, and we'd see it. And then he says, I want to be with you. I mean, if you want to do your dreams, we'll do them together. I just I need you to be in my life. And he proposes to her. He, he, he pulls out a ring and says, this is my mother's ring. I want you to marry me. Please take my mother's precious heirloom here that I don't even know how much it costs. And she says, I wish I could. And I really want to, but I don't want to hurt you. She says again, I don't want to neglect you. I don't want to end up having a relationship where you'll get jealous or upset because I'm not going to be able to devote my time to you. So she walks off again and says, I'm going now and says, goodbye, Ben. Don't come after me this time. If he does, she may get a restraining order. She doesn't say that, but I get that little between the lines there. Now, Ben is mad. She walks off and he's like, well, screw this ring. And he throws it in the pond. That's his mom's ring. He just threw it in the pond. Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, all of this is leading. And the flashback ends. We're back in with Ben and Alicia in the hospital room because he wanted to you know, explain all of this background. This is somebody that he probably thought, maybe I shouldn't bring this up to Alicia. And even here, the way the narration is going, John Byrne is giving us the idea that it might not have been the greatest time now either because the room is silent. It ends up saying that Alicia isn't saying anything and then says they have love, these two. As few others in all history have love, a pure love, a love born of mutual needs and caring. And that's where Ben is afraid that maybe he shouldn't have said anything. Maybe he should have just left this behind. Maybe he should have just thrown away this letter because he then reveals all of this and what this is about. Now, Alicia says, oh, don't say anything else, Ben. Not just now. Aileen Chambers, she got her wish, didn't she? They say she's one of the most beautiful women in movies, perhaps in the world. So she did live out her dream. She went and became a Hollywood movie star. So you end up where Alicia thinks that Ben wants to go back. Oh, you're telling me this. You know, again, she doesn't really know letter or whatever. She she just hears this. I got to tell you about this girl. And he she thinks, okay, yeah, yeah, you could go back to her then. I'm not going to stop you. You know, we have no promises. We've made no vows. I understand how an old love, a first love can, can be. And he, Ben, and I'll give Ben credit here because he isn't telling her the story because he wants to go back to you know this hollywood movie star now and he's like whoa whoa no 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 baby no that's not it at all you know i love you i don't love her anymore i got over that she went and did her thing and you know me and you are in love but she's coming back i got a letter she sent me she wants to see me and I don't know. I need to talk to you. And Ben is really 
really reaching out to Alicia, I think, to tell him, you know, what to do. And not just what to do, but how to do this. Because Ben is so upset saying, I knew her as, as a man, and she wants to see me now, and I'm this. I'm a monster. I don't want her to see me like this. Now, you would guess that she's probably figured out that, Ben. She sent you a letter right to the Baxter building. We solved this. And so I think that maybe the news, you know, you might have been on the news, but he says, I, I just, I'm scared. I'm scared to see her. I'm scared to see her like this. And he really seems to need Alicia here to say either, well, you know, don't go. Or, listen, you're not a monster. You know, she'll accept whatever, but she doesn't say anything. And he's kind of like, mm, I guess I'm going to have to do this for myself. I guess I'm going to have to figure it out. Because he says you are always there no matter what happened, no matter what. You were always there. You've always loved me. I always love you. I never will stop loving you. This whole meeting has nothing to do with me and you, but I'm afraid I need something. And she just doesn't say anything. And he says, but I guess I got to work this out for myself. I'll be back, babe. And he goes and leaves the room. And Alicia, still silent, ends up saying eventually, after a couple panels of just laying there, be careful, beloved. Be careful. So. Seven hours later, he's there at the Baxter building. He's waiting for Aylin to come, and he's pacing, and he's like, the letter said she'd be here at 5. It's almost 10 after. Did she get caught in traffic? Did she realize she didn't want to deal with me? Oh, my God, I'm so upset. I I hope I don't know what I'm going to say. I'm such a monster. I'm this. And then the bell rings, and she is there, and she comes up the elevator. And gets out of the elevator and you could tell something is up with her. And she ends up saying she had a stroke. She had a stroke about a year ago. She ended up getting to think she knows what Ben is. She knows the thing. She wanted to come talk to him because he has done so well for himself as the thing. And she's kind of worried that because of the stroke and she does have, you know, the right side. She has a slur in her voice to droop in her face said that her manager, her PR agent, had kind of made up some things so it was kept out of the press so far, but she actually had to work to feed herself, to clothe herself, to go to the bathroom, to walk. She said, I, I eventually I can walk with this cane now. And she's there, and it's it's heartbreaking. And it's heartbreaking in different ways. I mean, it's heartbreaking of what this woman has gone through But it's also, you get this kind of weird feels for Ben, who was so upset because he thought this woman, I don't know, did he think that she'd come back and run away in horror? Did he think maybe she was coming back to laugh at him? Whatever it was, he was so self-centered about what he looked like, never thought maybe she wants to see an old friend or maybe she needs some help. And he sees that now. And it does give me the feels. It really does. And it's a weird deal because at first, when I first read it, didn't get them. But as I read this a couple times, kind of got the gist of what's happening in this series, what has led up to this Fantastic Four stuff. You end up really getting that, that, you know, it's it's a heartstrings being pulled here where he then hugs her. And, And he what can he do for her except say, you know, I know what it's like or I can help you or. Just that, hey, I still love you. You know, you're one of my friends, whatever. And she says, I'd hope 
If you could just talk to me, tell me how you deal with it. Oh, Ben, help me. Help me to be whole again. And he hugs her. And it's really, really nice. And then you just end up where a day later it says, Sadness and memories begin that night. But with the thing's support, Aileen Chambers realizes that even though her beauty is past, she will go on. And you end up having a nice little deal. You don't get her anymore, but you end up going back to the hospital. You have Sue Reed and Ben, and they're going to talk to Dr. Uncle Jake. And things are better for Franklin. Things are picking up. The danger is past. He's going to be okay. Reed's still looking like hell. Says, no, the danger's not over. The danger will never be over. We can't do this. Uh, you know, and he says, Franklin is a mutant possessed of great powers, but for the f- past several weeks, those powers have been stifled, closed down, and he's now a normal child, but this isn't a normal life. He is in too much danger. We can't be in this Baxter building, a nihilist, all this stuff going on. The Baxter building is no longer a safe place for him. And He ends up, and it's weird, too, by this ending because he says, therefore, I've decided on a course of action. Sue and I will take our son and leave the Baxter building, leave New York. Sue looks completely shocked as much as Ben. (laughs) He has not run this past Sue at all. And you end up having like, what? And then he's like, yep, we're going to find a small town. We're going to change our names. Maybe people won't notice us then. We're going to raise, we're going to raise Franklin in a normal Life, and that means. And then Ben says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, Stretcho! I've heard this before. I've heard this one. He's singing your tune." The end of the Fantastic Four. Boom. And so all that's going on now. With that, some things pop up really quickly after this. And again, this thing series, and this allows the thing to kind of do his own quote unquote thing and figure out what he needs in life and how he can accept himself and what he can do. With Alicia With their relationship and things like that But some other big things are about to hit The Fantastic Four family Because Dr. Jake Grimm Is going to do a little pregnancy test On Sue in about a month of the books And going to find out That Sue is actually pregnant At this time So at a point where Reed is so concerned With their son Franklin's health And the danger that their lifestyle presents you're going to end up having Sue being pregnant with their second child. So Val will be coming soon, and that causes other issues and whatnot. So there's a bunch of really cool things going on right now with John Byrne, Fantastic Four, this thing book. And it's really good, and you should check it out because it is one of the best comics of all time. That's why it's featured here on this show. But thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed Going through this issue, I'm going to be doing this probably again in a couple days, going back to the regular schedule. Like I said at the beginning, I put this one up here on a Sunday night because we don't have any Star Wars books this week. So I figured we'd do this bonus deal and then we'll get back to having another episode up sometime during the week and then get back to Thursday night regular show with the weekly books coming out. And then there is a Dr. Apra book. So we'll get back to the Star Wars show on Sunday as well. So that's all cool. Thanks, everybody. Check out our Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back. And then if you like what you hear, go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science. Also, I rarely say it, but 
If you do like what you hear and you're like, yeah, I don't really want to go to that Patreon, another thing that you could do that would really help, and I'd really appreciate it, is if you are listening to this anywhere where you can subscribe, rate, and review, please do that, especially if it is on the Apple Podcast. That's a big deal to get the word out to other people. But thanks, everybody, and I will talk to you later. 